Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Hatter's Chatters. We've split this week's instalment into two sections for your listening. The first half an hour will be a general discussion about the past few games and other county-related topics. And then, in the following 45 minutes, we'll be joined by a special guest from the non-league lounge. Thanks for listening as always, and now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 5 of Hatter's Chatters. I'm Kieran and I'm here today with Frank and Ben. And um, it's not been the easiest um, past couple of weeks, I think it's fair to say. We've um, Since we last recorded, we beat Barnet, which was a good result. Sutton at home cancelled, then we lost to Notts County, lost to Hartlepool and lost to Altrincham. Um And the lost to Hartlepool gave um, rumours, shall we say, um, Ben, Frank, what are your thoughts on those? On the rumours or on the uh, well, well, just, just the rumours. Yeah, on everything. The, well, the Hogan Rooney rumours. It's it's been a difficult few weeks, and I think the rumours. I mean, I think the thing is with this squad, it was never going. You know, if you if you bring in a few, I mean, I'm not sure if Hogan's high profile, but he's played for Salford. He's won a he's won you know um, two promotions with them, so. You, you've got to think there'll be a few egos that need to be adjusted within the squad um, to contend with. Now, I'm not saying that I believe that these players have got egos to contend with. I do sometimes worry that maybe the reason that Rooney hasn't progressed in the past five years as a player, because he's a very talented player, is because um, of the way he conducts himself verbally on and off the pitch. So maybe that could be something. But the, the uh, where did that comment came from? It came the rumor started from some random person on yellow board, um, and I replied to someone saying, "Oh, it's just someone random on yellow board." And he said, "Well, I know this person. He's definitely not." But at the end of the day, I respect who posted it. I think as long as they're just not making stuff on the spots, which they could be, probably are. I don't know. To be honest, basic point. I don't think that anyone really knows what's going on. But as long as we're churning results away, and I'm happy with that. I think Jim mentioned in the post-Hartlepool interview, actually, that there were a few things that happened over the summer which he had to deal with, I think. So it's hard to judge, really. Hard to ascertain. Mm. Ben? Um, yeah, again, as as a, as Frank said, obviously things about rumours really don't help anyone. So obviously, then it's as well as it's sparking up rumours between obviously fans and stuff like that, like the players have self doubt and things like that. So obviously, as we lost two in a row, it really doesn't help going into other games in a tricky period over Christmas. So yeah, I just best to say, unless it's coming from their mouths, don't believe anything that you hear. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously Hogan went on Twitter and um, basically told them, nope, shut up. So that's All that. the to bed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, well, um, I mean, I said this to someone today and they said, said, oh, well, maybe Hogan's been told to say that. But I mean, didn't I swear someone came, came, I think I might have seen on Yellow Border a few months ago um, that, um, yeah, it, so, someone said on Yellow Board, I'm pretty sure that Jim Gunner's Twitter isn't being managed by him. It's being managed by, by a third party or something. It's like... What? Really? Some, someone said... I, I did read, someone definitely did say that a few weeks ago um, on one of the message boards. I'm not sure. I'm, 
Yeah, no, someone definitely said that he was being managed. Obviously, it won't be true at all. But immediately when players start posting on social media and they start saying things, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what players say. People believe what they want to believe. You know, if people want to believe that Jim Gannon is some sort of massive robot that doesn't actually have a voice and that Mark Stott is inside of him telling him exactly what to do and that Liam Hogan and John Rooney are his arms and he's a puppet, then that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you, you know. But at the end of the day, I think that it's a lot simpler than that. And it's just that John Rooney, Liam Hogan, perhaps a few little egos started confrontations within the squads. I think that Jim Gannon hinted that happened over summer. And I think that that's, that's normal. That's going to happen within a group of, um, you know, a squad of 20 players, which all have opinions at the end of the day. Um, and... As long as they're sorted, then that's great. When the results start coming across negatively as results of players like John Rooney um, with their um, aggressiveness coming out on the pitch, that's when it becomes a problem. And he's come out on Twitter, fair play to him, um, on Christmas Day and apologised to the fans. And I think that's important. You know, I, re- I think he needed to apologise, but I think it's good that he's done that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, he, he really did need to apologise and... Um... You can you can just tell like Jim's always been very good with uh, having players who've not really got sent off. He's always been up there in the fair play league, so it's just it's very uncharacteristic from a Jim team to have someone sent off for that. So for him to come out and apologise is is needed, but up so not every player would. So, but speaking of Jim, um, have been many people on Twitter who are by um on both sides of the fence. Uh, the gym in or the gym out. Uh, which side of the fence do you both sit on, Frank? Um, I've I, I think that he's he's got um secret ideas about how he wants that wants the club to be, and I think he's only in it for the money. Don't think he cares about the club. No, I'm a massive getting out No, I um I, I think unlike uh, anonymous people on Twitter, I don't know Steve one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve, um with a photo of. Stockport County's badge as a profile picture. I, I, um, I, I think no. I, I think um, he's done a lot for the club. He, he needs really. I, I don't even think it's worth talking about. You know, you, we, we're in a, we're in a um, pandemic, um, and we're playing football. We've played um, how many played games we played? Is it, is it eleven in games? In the league, now? we've played twelve games in the league. Twelve games, right? Okay. Um, and some of the teams in the playoffs have played 15. So we've got three three games in hand um, on some of the other teams. Um, at, at the end of the day, Torquay are running away with it. But at the same time, how many games have Torquay played? They've played 15, haven't they? Yeah, they've played 15. Yeah, they played yeah. 15. Um, I presume that's to an extent because of the low COVID cases down in Devon. Um, mm. But you know, I, I don't... I think we're better than Torquay. We, we, we saw we were better than Torquay when we played them first game of the season. At the end, at the weekend, Torquay played Yeovil. They won 6-1. But did you see that goal? Um, that, did you see one of the goals that Torquay scored where it went, it, it went to the um, touchline and the goalie ran out and then just started to stand still and it went in. So uh, it's... Yeah, at the end, beating Yeovil. The point I'm making, well. we're still better than most teams on our day. And, you know... I don't think the question to be asked is, do we keep Gannon or not keep Gannon? 
really because I, I don't think it's a serious question. I don't know what either of you two think, but I don't think it's a serious question. I think the question that should be asked more than that, a bit more productive, um, is who would we replace Gannon with? Um, obviously, um, Janssen um, is the Northern Scouting coach. Uh, Northern he's scouting. Got the scouting team, isn't he? I'm not 100 Yeah, Northern, sure. I think it's Northern Scouting head, Mark sort of points to him. So I can see, I can completely believe, obviously it's completely alleged, but I can completely believe that Mark starts, you know, he has he has friends in the game and he might have backup people that he'd like to put in. I can completely believe that, but you, you don't become, you, Mark start from where he started out. So he, he started out in pointing, selling cars. Um, and, and, you know, he relies on free school meals as a child, he said, in, when we uh, did the free school meals thing back in November. So you don't get to where he has done now, buying a football club, by being unreasonable. So I, I don't think that Mark Stott will sack him, um, you know, unless we lose the next 10 games in the relegation area. Realistically, I don't think there's any need to. I think that we can trust him. He's got us promoted from national to national league. Countless other times, you know, he's he's uh, succeeded in being a county manager. Um, I don't think it's a question. I mean, I don't, I don't know what. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, I I agree completely. Um, well, it's it's very it's very obvious. Like we're not doing as well as we could be doing. But if you look at who we played, we played eight away games. I'm pretty sure it is so far. Four home games, and we're ninth with games hand above us. Of those eight away games, six of them are against teams in the top eight, which shows you it's not it's not like I mean Weymouth was a, a awful result at home aside, but that that beside you know we're losing narrowly away to Notts County, losing narrowly away to Torquay, and you know we're getting a draw against Oldshinton, which well not the greatest result isn't a bad result, and if if we'd won the previous two games, we'd be looking at that as a good point. So you've got you've got to give him at least a season for everything he's done for the club. You've got to give him at least a season. Like the last time we were promoted without Jim either in the team as a player or a manager, Jim wasn't even born. Yeah, like, it was genuine. It was wow, genuine that's like amazing. sixty years ago. The last time we were promoted without him being involved in some way, which that says a lot about um, about his character, about his skills as a manager, skills as a player. So yeah. Ben, do you agree or? Yeah, again, I'll always be Gannon in. So, like, anything of Gannon, unless it got drastically, drastically bad, like, again, losing tenant rail, things like that, where obviously needed change and he's lost the dressing room. But again, I just, over the last like week, I've just been gobsmacked because, again, it's like we lose two games, whereas last year we lost, we lost five in a row and wasn't looking like we were going to even score. And no one was going nowhere near as much for his neck as they've been the past two games. And again, as you said, they're all games with people who are going to be up there at the end of the year. We've got games in hand, and we know we'll be up there. It's just people just think all of a sudden, just because we've got a bit of money, we're going to win every game. When everyone historically knows this is one of the toughest leagues to get out of because there's only two places. So it's not like a League One or a League Two where you've got three automatics and then a playoff place. So, yeah, that's my take on it, really. And again, it's just in terms of with the squad and stuff like that, I do think we obviously do have the players. It's just, again, it's just trying to switch it up. Like Again, like, 4-2-3-1 suited um, Gannon so well last year. 
and we got a good few amount of results playing that way. So unless it's obviously with a new player trying to switch in, obviously he's tried the past couple of games. If we could get that suited and then get a run going, I don't see why we can't start climbing back up the league, to be honest. I think as well, in terms of recruitment, um, the player, the one player we know that Jim Gallon watched and was desperate to sign was Alex Reid. Um, where did he see him? We saw him at Stevenage. He, did he have him at Northwich? Uh, Northwich? I think he had Williams at Northwich, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's, he's been watching Reid for a yeah, while. Yeah, been watching Reid for a while. Yeah, and you know, we weren't too hopeful for... for I mean, I, I wasn't. I was thinking he'll be, a, he'll be a really good player, but I didn't know too much about him. I, I know that he scored a, a decent amount of goals for five last season, considering they got relegated. But I didn't know too much. And considering he's a he's recruited that player and signed him for county, I mean he's done brilliantly. He's such a natural striker, mm. and um, Jim's played him to his advantages as well. Um, you know he's got John Rooney scoring. Uh, so really, what what have we done wrong this season? That it, it's a it's hard to think. What have we done wrong in recent games? We just. It it almost feels like we just need to get 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 a win. It's not like we played terribly on Saturday, by the sounds of it. I mean, I was watching Withenshaw Amateurs versus Withenshaw Town, uh, but uh, by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like we're playing played too badly on Saturday. And it sounds like we we can get back on track here. You know, we we get off uh, the the next goal that we get. We score the first goal rather than going behind. You know, Wednesday was on Saturday. It was around the 80th minute, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah. That yeah. Age, so I think it was. we get the first goal in the next game. I think we've we've got. I think we've got. I think we've got that. Uh, I mean, Wrexham. It's yeah. We've got like next next three yeah. games. We've got Wrexham, Oldham, and Eastleigh at home. Like they're they're three very. It's harsh to say on. It's not even harsh. They are three very winnable games. They're not easy games. I wouldn't say there's even even playing against Dover at home or Weymouth at home, not easy in this league. There aren't any no. easy games, but they are all three very winnable games. And then if we win them, if we win all three of them, we'll probably be third or fourth in the league still with games in hand over teams above us. Wrexham so. will be really hard as well. That'll, mm. I, I think... I know that. I mean, what was it? What was their last result? I don't think they're doing too well, are they? Who's this? Wrexham. Wrexham. Wrexham aren't. They're, they're um, 11th right now. They're 11th. They played so, a, yeah. They're level on points of us and they played a game extra than us. So they'll probably be. They've got maybe, got maybe up there on the playoffs. I don't think they're not. I don't think they're anything special. I mean, we know no, they're anything special there. There are so many teams in this league. And it's infuriating that. They're just really, really good at defending. Um, and we went into it last season perfectly. You know, we got up, but then there were so many teams we played and they just put up professional performances against us and got results. So I do worry for Rex and Melissa a bit, but if we're at the top of our game, um, you know, John Rooney is better than every single Rex and player. I'm sorry, no disrespect yeah. to them. Unfortunately, uh, it's still suspended, but... Good points. However, that, that wasn't the point I met. Well, it was the point I'm making but I'm trying to wind my way out yeah. of it now. Uh, in terms of other players, you know, Connor Jennings on his gate. I think he's getting back into his mojo a bit, Connor Jennings. Um, we've we've got players who who can be miles better than Wrexham players on our day. So, fingers crossed we can get seven points out of the next three games. That'd be good. 
things yeah, as well. Mm. It's just another thing as well, obviously, we're talking about Turkey and of whether we're going to run away with it and things like that. And again, like, obviously, the whole thing with what's going on with COVID and stuff like that, I'm talking about tier systems, is they're getting their normal capacity in every single week because of the tier restrictions they're in. Whereas other teams, are again, aren't having, um, obviously, the fans there back. So, obviously, again, I think a few couple of our results might have swung a different way if we were there and actually in the ground. So, yeah, again, that might be, again, a major factor come the end of the year. But when you look at it, it's not an unfair playing bias, in all honesty, but we'll see. Yeah. Because where, where, it's obviously coming up to January, I know we don't have such an... Um, strict transfer windows obviously the Premier League and such but where would you strengthen the team right now if you, if you were to be the manager where would you make a signing that's a tough you question yeah well I'm I've got no mind. idea so not Frank then then well, what would you do if you give me 10 minutes firstly, to think about it firstly for me Again, like what what we were crying out for is a, again like a right winger who could inject a bit of pace. Because again, like the times last year when against Torquay when we lost four 0 and Bow and Wood, um, I think they had Marsh playing, who's now playing for Stevenage. And ever since again we played them, I've always wanted like a player like that because again he was not afraid to take anyone on, had a bit of pace, always direct. So I think we kind of need someone like that. And again. It's just trying to get that prolific goal scorer who's trying to get so many goals. I know we've obviously got Reed, but obviously, like he can chop and change around the areas he's playing. So, I think if we manage to get Britain, obviously he goes back to Bristol, and we can spend a good bit of money on a striker. Hopefully, that should help push us up. I, so I agree with you completely on the right wing. I mean, I know we'll talk about it as well. Yeah, MSH came on as a sub against Aldringham. You know, he got the corner that we scored from. He crossed in the corner that we scored from. And he, he's a right yeah. back, but he's just he just had that bit of pace. Obviously, playing slightly out of position, but it showed it showed how much if we have... I, I, like, Thomas is a great player, but he's not the quickest. I feel like if we had that bit more pace down the wing, you know, we could, we could, we could seriously improve the team. I still feel, to be honest, when I saw Jordan Williams, did he play against Kirsten, that friendly? I mean, I can't remember what friendly was, but I watched it live on the live stream and I thought, wow, this player is so fast. And since then, to be honest, he's been slightly disappointing, I'd say. He's not really gotten to his full game. I think that could be, you know, players players who... Um, one of the main things, main entities I have is, is pace. If you've just had an injury, pace is going to be one of the last things that you get back, I suppose. So um, I, I'm not saying this is his fault. I, I'm sure that he will get back into that soon. Um, but once we've got Jordan Williams back into full fitness, um, you know, we've got MSH on the wing. I mean, he, he really is such... Uh, he, he's the... what What's the word? He's the exact... Quick. Exam, exact example, precise, the best example you could give of a modern right back. Um, yeah. like, like a fast right back, get down the wing, put a cross in. It sounds like he played brilliantly. And, and I thought, you know, seeing how he's played for other teams before, I, mean, I know we signed Alex Curran and he played brilliantly for Conan. He hasn't played brilliantly for us. But 
close on Hales, I think that Jim's got to take a look at him and be starting him the next few games because just based off that performance in the last 15 minutes against Alty. Mm. I agree completely. I think he's earned his way into the team. But obviously, we're here 12 games in, which is not even a third of the way through the season. Would you say we can still... Obviously, we're quite far behind them, Torquay. Can we still challenge for the league, though? Or do you think we'll be set, we'll have to settle for the playoffs? Ben? Um, again, it's a tough one. Cause the thing is, again, if we win all our games, we're then six points within Torquay. But if they lose a couple of games, it's all back on again. Like, look what... You, like, it is pretty... Obviously, Renown love to be one of the most competitive leagues. So if they go on a bad run and we start getting gaining momentum, it's all back on again. But as I said to people since the start of the year, our average is to get around two points a game. So if we manage to keep that, so say we played twelve at the minute and we're on twenty, we keep bringing up a couple of wins and we get back to that, like obviously that two point a game benchmark. I can really see it being on. It's just, again, I think Leighton Orient got promoted about three years ago and they won half the games and either drew or lost half the games. And it's just like, you've got to take that kind of thing into perspective where even though that's happened, it's like, we, are people going to moan because we've not won the league by enough? It's just... Hmm. Again, well, no, last season, Barrow didn't even get two points a game. They won the league. How many games did they lose in the end? Was it six? At least six, I think. Barrow, Barrow last season, um, oh, I can't see that. But Barrow last season got played thirty-seven games and got seventy points, which isn't good. But that's also is that an insane amount of points to win the league by? I wouldn't say so. How many did we get when in eighteen nineteen we got? Was it seventy-nine? I don't I remember. Think I think it was all that many. Again, it's that two-point benchmark that you just mentioned, Kevin. Yeah. So, as, again, if we on track with that, I think we should be on we'll that. We'll be there, we'll be yeah. Looking through the trend of people who have gone up every year, that's whereabouts you need to be. And even if we're not below that, if we say if we get second or third, we've already skipped a playoff game. If we then get in that, we've then got a home game. And obviously, we'll fancy our chances at home. And then, again, anything can happen at Wembley. And last time we went there, obviously, it was a great success. So... Yeah. Again, there's no reason why we can't go up again. It's just we just got to see how these next couple of months go, and then we can have start having a more accurate judgment because yeah. we always get off the season anyway. I think if you look at the table as well, I mean, I'm just looking now. So we're on 20 points. Um, we played 12 games. Torquay, they're on 35. They've played 12. So uh, they played 15, but yeah, okay, yeah, 15. Yeah, add three to that. Um, so. You know, we this is theories by Frank Football Theories. I should write a book on this. It, this is going to be very technical, so I uh, watch carefully. Listeners, listen carefully. So we win the next three games. We're on twenty nine points. Um, you know, Torquay. I can I can imagine if, they, if Torquay lose one game, I think they they could lose the next game as well, um, and then see what happens from there. Because when title winning teams go in a bad run of form, if they lose one game quite often they tend to lose the next game as well. From that, That's just what I feel from what I've seen in other leagues. So, and if that happens, then we could easily um, be in a situation where we're on 29, they're still on 35, and then we win our next two after that, and, and we're well within uh, the title charge then. So, 
I was tempted to say, you know, when we lost to Hartlepool the night, I'll admit it. I, I said, we're completely out of this now. This is, you know, I said, um, I said loads of things. I said, um, oh, well, maybe John Rooney's in Susan County, maybe Leon Hogan. It's, you know, everything comes out when you lose the game 4-0. But realistically, this is the National League we're talking about. You know, it's, it, it, it's a league full of teams who want to get promoted. Um, and most of the time, it's not a very logical league at all. So I think it's all still to play for, 100%. It's like talking again with Hartlepool as well. Like, obviously, they didn't obviously start off the best. Like, they were getting stuffed by Torquay and look where they are now, obviously, getting up there challenging. So, again, it just shows if you, if you get a little bit of a run going together, it's, again, nothing's impossible. So... That's it. If you look at Hartlepool's recent form, I think it was they've won four of the last 12. They're third. I mean, obviously, the they've, played, they've played more games than some teams around them, but they've won four out of 12 and they're in third at the minute, which shows you in this league, I mean, besides, obviously, Torquay are doing insanely well, but besides them, you look at the table and you think, are any of these teams really blowing it away? I mean, like, you've got, like, Altringham were in the playoffs who've um, got a zero-goal difference playoffs. So, it's like, if we, we just need to, gr- like, grind out some results and then, hopefully, we'll be there at the end of the season. I, th- I think if we, get, and if we get into the playoffs, we know that it's a lottery. Um, that You know, that's obviously a cliche. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if the playoffs would benefit us as much as they'd benefit other teams especially if fans aren't allowed back. Um, so, you know, I'd rather win the league um, through automatic promotion, but that, that's going to be really hard. We know that. I just hope that we can, you know, win these next three games. I said seven points, you know. Um, I'd much rather gain nine points from the next three games, obviously. Um, and, and if we're in that situation, then, you know, if, if we're fifth, fourth in within three games... We'll be looking at that table and it'll look far more um, attractive than it does at the moment. So we, we've just got to we've just got to get the three points tomorrow and then build on from there. Oh, exactly. Like if we win them, you know, we'll forget all about Hartlepool, which was admittedly an awful, awful day. And you know, we're back we're back in um we're back right in the playoffs, we're back right in the chase, you know. Everything's all fine again. We just need to make sure we win the three. Um just quickly before we take a little break. Uh, the FA Trophy. Um, would would you even want to win the next game? I know we've obviously got Notts County and winning breeds success, but with the amount of fixtures we've got this year and how far behind already, what what would you what would you do? Would you play the reserves or would you try go out to try win? I think it's a hard thing to think because I've said before, um, you know, yet again, 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 it's a bit of an ad, uh, admission because. You don't want to say that you, you want to um, abolish, uh, you know, a hundred-year-old competition for a season, um, you know, to benefit, admittedly, again, the teams at the top of the non-league tier system. But I don't, I don't think it was a good idea um, to keep um, the FA Trophy this season. I don't yeah. think I, I'd. It, it didn't. It didn't make sense at all for, for me, really. When when you look at it, it it's so um, it, it just eclectic. The the table, the season nationally, with the if you look at the played column, 12, 13, 15, 14, 
No, 11. 11, what, what, what is this? Dover played 10. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, and especially in our league where, you know, at the top ends, you've got a few non-league clubs which just, which just don't get the fans um, and the attendances needed to spend the amount of money they play. It's a really unsustainable league. Mm. Um, uh, so you look at Dover not being able to play games because probably because the condition of their pitch. I mean, they've had financial troubles, things like that. You look at the top ends, we've got county spending loads of money and we can afford to. But then, you know, you've also got clubs like Bore and Wood spending money. And are they getting that money back? The, the point, I'm, point, point I'm making is that the FA Trophy doesn't help things in terms of the amount of games that clubs, and, club, clubs can play this season. So I, I don't know. Are Dover still in it? I don't know if they are. I don't know how on earth they're going to um, cope with it. So if, if it was my choice, I'd, I, I wouldn't have had the FA Trophy at the start anyway. But now that we're in it, I don't think it'd be good for our confidence at all to go out there and lose lose that game. Um, but at the same time, it's just it's a dilemma, isn't it? Really, you don't want your players to lose confidence. I suppose they wouldn't lose confidence if we played the academy, but I don't think we can do that. So I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Um, again, I just. The whole thing of not wanting to win a game of football to me is just absolute nonsense. Like, I don't understand it. It's again, you obviously want to win everything. It's like again, we won the league and we still got to the semi-final of the FA Trophy. So obviously, it's not that big of a concern. Obviously, there's games in hand and stuff like that. But as Jim said and the the board obviously stated, um, we've got a big enough squad to chop and change things. Obviously, I'd like Crosdale to come in, play Salvan Males. Maybe again start Britain if he if he's still here. But um, yeah, again, it's just obviously you've got to go and try out and try and win it. If we don't win it, we've lost to Notts County, who again were then in the other semi final last year. So we've not gone out to a bad team. So that's my viewpoint on it. Yeah, I, I, I think, think any other that. year I'd want to try and win it, but I think this year just with how far behind we are already, I, I wouldn't obviously go out and forfeit it. But if we do lose. It, it's very much a okay, cool. We've lost. I'm not really fussed. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'll be all for us for a moment. We're going to take a quick break and then we will return with a special guest. Okay, see you shortly. Hello, we're back again for the second half of Hatter's Chatters uh, post Altrincham away, um, and we're now joined by Tom from Non League Lounge. Um, Thanks, Tom. So- so I think I think the first thing we'll, we'll leave his uh, the, the links to the social media of non-league lounge and how to get their podcasts uh, in the description of the video uh, if you're listening on YouTube for sure. Um, but I think the first thing to go on to is the, the obvious thing: um, the last game, Boxing Day, uh, Stockport County versus Altrincham. So I think maybe since the guest, we should ask Tom first. And what do you, what do you think of the game? <laughs> I mean, historically against you have been absolutely diabolical and you've also been an incredibly strong team. It's one of those that our style of play is incredibly different to yours. You're a very strong team. You've got an incredible right back and his name slips my mind. He's the uh, bald fella, unbelievable player. And your, your squad, your strength and depth and also your starting eleven just seem to always outmanoeuvre ours. So I was pretty apprehensive going into the game, but... 
even though we went one up quite early, maybe about 25 minutes, and we play a lot better than we have done in the past few seasons against you, I thought it was a pretty fair result. I know you've not been on the best of form as well recently, but at the start of the game, if you'd said you can get a point against County after a great run of form, I'd have bitten your hand off because I know that, you know, you're a very, very good team and you will be up there towards the end of the season. Whether we'll be up there towards the end of the season, you can hope and dream. But again, if we're just managing and planning to stay up this season, a point against County at home, even over the two ties, I'd bite your hand off and that's an invaluable point. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for being happy, to be honest. I mean, as that, that sounds really arrogant. Oh, we're, we're a massive team. It seems amazing here because, you know, realistically, we've not been playing too well the past few games, but that's still, still for you, that's a, that's a, that's a brilliant point. Uh, as I say, say I, I really hope that you stay up this season. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking before the podcast then um, about how, how easily we'd rather have teams like you uh, in the league instead of Boreham Woods. Uh, obviously, Files have gone now, thank goodness. <laughs> um, but no, it's um, it's a point drop for us, two points drop for us, I think most people would say. Um, but I think you'd say a point gained, wouldn't you? I'd definitely say a point gained. I mean, it's frustrating in one sense because we've been on such a good running form. I think we've won maybe six out of the last seven, which even in the National League North, you, it's not unheard of, but... You know, you'd say that's a really good run of form. Yeah. I think, touching upon your thing, I think that we'll be absolutely fine staying up this season now. I don't think there's that much doubt. The only problem I've got is that Phil Parkinson, our manager, he's had a terrific time at Altering. In three seasons, he's had two promotions and, you know, we're in the playoffs now. Not that that's going to last, but even at Christmas, around Christmas time, with the amount of games we've already played in such a short space of time, to be in and around the playoffs in the top of the table is remarkable and what a feat that is. The only problem I could see down the road is that if he was pinched by another management, so say, for example, one of the bigger teams in this division or maybe the bottom end of League Two, if they thought, hold on, this guy, you know, he's he's the real deal and they pinched him off, that's when I might worry a bit because he has been integral to our formidable rise. But yeah, looking, looking back then, but specifically to the game, I think that, yeah, it was definitely a point gained definitely and even though it's frustrating because it could have been our first win against you in eight seven eight years even though it's not much of a rivalry because you're a much bigger club in comparison to get it against someone that's in a very close to us and only down the road to get a point against a very big team I'm pretty happy with that I actually thought you were quite a strong team on the day as well like as Mm. much as much he's probably two points dropped at the end of the day I think that's just sort of because we're kind of expected to win that and obviously with our recent couple of games we sort of need the win to get back in um but i i said this um in the first half if we'd won we would beat um hartlepool beat Notts county and then went to you and got a draw everyone would be fairly happy with it because like mm. you'll you'll be i would be very surprised if you're not comfortably mid-table honestly like mm. obviously you've played more games than most teams in the league but You've not you've not played significantly more games than most teams. Like, mm. yeah, you know, if everyone wins their games in hand, obviously that's impossible. You still be like what twelve, thirteen? Yeah, you know? I mean, it's evened out a lot. That I remember people were taking the mick out of me. You know, my mates, the spot Premier League teams, thinking you've played twenty games more than everyone else. But I thought, hold on, you'd rather have points on the board than games mm. in hand. But I'd be really interested to see what you guys think. Is that? When we've played you in the past, I don't think we've done ourselves justice. I know you've always been the better team, but we've always fallen short against Stockport. So I'd be interested to know, I know you watched it remotely because very few could 
watch the game in person. But compared to our performances in the 2018-19 campaign and previously, what did you think of our side yesterday compared to those previous seasons? I thought, I thought you were better, honestly. I thought you, you were... You were... Whether we were the better team on paper, I think for most of the game you matched us. Um, as much as I'd like to say we deserved to win, I think a draw is probably the fair result. Um, it's it's annoying how um, how the goal we conceded was basically a repeat of something that happened a few minutes before, which we got away with. But yeah, you 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 played you played well, you know. Um, I can't I can't really say we um, we were battering the doors down and got really unlucky not to win. So. Yeah, considering the couple of seasons ago we beat yeah four times in a season, you, you you played better yesterday than them at least. Yeah, no, definitely. I, not what I saw is that maybe again this might be a recurring theme throughout the season for you is that you pressed very high up and then we had a couple of breaks and you were so exposed at the back. I think you had one or two people. I thought that doesn't remind me of Stockport County sides. Normally you're so solid, very. Uh, aware and content with other sides having a lot of the ball, but then your break, but it seemed roles reversed that game. It sounds like that. Yeah. I mean, I fortunately didn't watch the game yesterday, but it sounds like we were really exposed back. You know, I was, I was actually watching Withenshaw, the Withenshaw Derby, Withenshaw Town versus Withenshaw Amateurs, um, which, you know, I'd rather been watching the game live in the terraces, uh, but annoyingly not at the moment for obvious reasons. But, um, you know, watching watching you in previous seasons, you, you've looked like just a generally solid team. And I mean, I'd be interested to know from your side, you know, if you made what signings did you really make in the summer to make you quite a stable non-league size um, this That's season? I mean, since probably three seasons ago, since when Phil Parkinson came in. He made various signings. I think we've got Josh Hancock, John Hume, John Johnston, um, Andy White, a load of them. And we've kept a solid nucleus throughout that. And at the start of the season, I think we bought Yusef Cisse, who came from Blackpool. We've had him on loan a couple of times and he's been brilliant. And his link-up play with Jordan Hume, our former uh, striker, was formidable. Brilliant partnership and one of the best in the Conference North, I'd say. And after that, we've made a couple of signings here and there. We've got Alistair Smith in centre mid. But that, again, that's when the season started. We didn't really sign too many new players. And then we lost one of our biggest ones, Jordan Hume. So a lot of fans were saying, well, that's us relegated then. And this is what I don't really get, is that we haven't really built on, or we haven't bought amazing players since that season where we were in the seventh tier of English football. So what, step three of non-league. We've just kept such a solid nucleus. And I think it's more that, We've got really great management that are managing to get and pull amazing performances out of players that are good, but not exceptional. I think that is the method within uh, the management style. Yeah. Reminds, um, reminds, you remind me of us last year. I was obviously, that same thing, yeah, yeah. When we went up from um, National League North to National League, we didn't really make any big signings or anything. Or at least, obviously, we made a couple when the money came in, but... At the start of the season, didn't really make any big signings. We lost Duxbury, we lost Warburton. Um, but yeah, and then obviously at the end of the season, we were only outside the playoffs on um, on um, points per game. So, but yeah, you do remind me very similar because well, you might not have the um, necessarily the, the huge individual talents. You play, you've set up very well. You obviously, or like the whole team, buys into the manager's um, philosophy, well drilled. So at, at this level, 
to be a stable team, if, you, if your team bats the manager and plays for the manager, you'll probably be one. Mm. I mean, that's what I think. I think too much money at this level could be a major problem because if you've got a load of money and then say, right, I'm going to buy all these players and then you find out that there's a major disparity between players getting paid, players will be like, well, he's on 20 quid more. Why is he? I, I've played better than him. I've scored more goals than last season. I think that's when you start to get your arguments and it becomes more fractious between the squad members, whereas ours is in, it's still really good money for non-league football compared to 10, 15 years ago. But because it's not m- massive money at this level, there's not that huge rivalry that I would expect maybe at your Wrexham's or your Notts County. And I think that's why a team like Wrexham, who have you know got a lot of money at this level, probably aren't doing as well. I think there's a lot of reasons at Wrexham, but there's that is probably one of the main reasons why when teams come down to this level from the leagues, they struggle to go back up. I don't know if you guys found that, but again, that you were in financial hardship and now you find yourselves on the end of, uh, well, a lot of money now, which is very good. Yeah, well, we when we first got relegated to this level, uh, you know, feels like quite a long time ago now, quite tragically, to be honest. But <laughs> when we got relegated to that time, I think a lot of people were saying, we'll just go straight back up. We heard Notts County fans say it, you know, Wrexham fans, I'm sure they said it when they got relegated the first time. And every single team falls for, falls for that mistake. And they always end up um, nearly getting relegated the first season and, and then maybe nearly working the way back up again. Um, and then missing out on promotion. Basically, I'm describing what's happened to Wrexham. Mm, um, yeah, and with us, it yeah. got even worse, obviously. Um, we went down to the north. Um, we spent a considerable length of time down there. Finally worked our way back up again. But it's as you say, a nucleus um, is so important that just keeping players for us, Ash Palmer, uh, Sam Minhan, the ball player we were talking about before, mm, the right oh, back. Yeah. Um, we've Ben mm. Hinchler. We've got these players and it's ironic, actually, that you talk about disparities um, and maybe fall, falling outs in the squad because there were rumours coming out of the Hartlepool game that John Rooney um, and a few other players had been getting annoyed at the manager, Jim Gannon. Um, it, it was um, actually, the you know, John Rooney came out um, afterwards and he apologised for the game. Liam Hogan came out, who the, the rumour was also about and said it was completely false. And I can believe that, but I think it's inevitable that there will be a few arguments within the squad where there will be a few pay differences. Um, what we saw in the Torquay game, we, we lost the first game of the season, um, where Liam Hogan and Niall Bell um, had a bit of a feud at the start at the end of the game, so we conceded. So I think that definitely we're starting to uh, experience a few of those issues. But if there's any manager that can create a stable situation for a team that's wanting to gain promotion. I, I hope that it's Jim Gannon. Um, I really do. Um, and as you say, the basic point, keeping your most important players um, who played for us in the hard times and stuck with us is so, so important. Mm, I mean, that's what I mean. I don't know when you were falling down the leagues, I don't know the actual revolving door at your club. I don't know whether you had loads of players one week and some the next because you had Neil Young didn't you at one stage yeah you know didn't fit our style of play I think the big problem while we got relegated is he came into us in the National League North in 2016 and just wanted a total clear out which sometimes it works and you know he has achieved a lot but at Altrincham because you know I think that we'd had a we'd had a good FA Cup run that season and we'd lost in the last minute and that just completely deflated the squad and we never really recovered since November, December. 
and his complete clear out of the squad. I think we kept maybe two, three first team players. We'd only just got relegated, mind you. And then he just got rid of most of the squad and then brought in a load of youngsters. No nucleus, no strong core of the squad. No one could prop it up. No experience. Good footballers, 18, 19 year olds, very technically gifted, but didn't know how to win games. So I think for our eyes, it's definitely because Bill Parkinson said, right, I know these players, they've worked for me. I've looked at some of the others. I've worked with them during my career as a footballer because he's a very young manager, stuck with them. And even though we've had bad starts in every single one of his seasons, it's ended up coming good. I don't know about you guys. Have you do you stick with your managers? Are you one of them after three, four losses, he's out the door? Honestly, you're and pretty so. much describing Jim Gannon. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> it's it's it. We've got players like Alex Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been watching him for a while. And we, we have got a director of football now, um, which obviously we haven't had in previous seasons, um, being part-time. And I presume that he's had a say in a few of the signings this summer. But Alex Reed is one of the players that I think Jim might have worked with at Northwich. He's been watching him for quite a while now. And he signed him. Um, and he's nearly into double figures this season. Emma uh, Fearson's already. So there's uh, Jim Gannon. He's, I think it's you, you're describing something that in this league, I don't know whether anyone else has agreed um, with the point here, that in... In the National League, it, what's important is to get a manager and give him space to work on a project rather than just write an essay. Because yeah. Jim Gannon um, has been managing us and he's, he's, he knows players. He knows that it might take a bit of time to get his players in and to work with these players. Um, and then we can be a stable side. I think a good, um, a good example of what definitely never works at this level does anyone remember Adam Hamill from, uh, was it eighteen nineteen when Adam Hamill came in? No, it's last season, Hamill. Last season? Yeah. Well, didn't work out, did it, really? Um, he brought him in. He, I think he, he had a bit of an ego. He thought he could get straight back straight into the squad, and he didn't. Uh, and then off he went. I think we saw with Notts County, they signed the, the a previous Danish international, didn't they? He was oh, gone by the start of the season, wasn't he? He was gone by the start of the season. So it's all about giving managers time to work a project and players who are dedicated. And I'm, uh, I'm sure, I'm not sure, I'm sure you'd say, Tom, um, are about players that are dedicated um, to playing for Altrium who mm. have stayed with you for seasons now. I mean, is that just, just a, a pop-up on point? Is that a good striker you've got come from Northwich? Um, he's come from Stevenage, actually. Yeah, um, Reed, He was yeah, on loan at Fylde last season. Yeah, oh, that's that's interesting. No, I'll, I'll talk about that. Yeah, no, actually, um, what you were talking about then about the dedication of players, I, I completely get it. And it's when players have a great time at your club, not only does it go quickly for them, but they're going to put more effort into it and they're going to be more involved. I think that's generally like the old style of football where they're in the bar afterwards, you know, they're getting the pay packet there, having with laugh with the fans. And it's massive. And I think that's the whole thing is because... Parkinson's very keen on getting a solid group of lads that are very good footballers work together. The fans love it and it's a success breeds success kind of mentality that we've absolutely loved the plays. He's brought in characters as well, which the fans respond to because if you get a lot of young lads as well that, you know, are very much social media savvy and aren't very interested in, you know, get talking to the fans afterwards, that's when the fans don't react that well. It's when you get your older characters that you do need to bring in. People like, oh, I love it. Like Jordan Hume, for example, really good with the fans, have beers with him afterwards. I'm not saying that's always a recipe for success, but for us, we loved it. He was one of us. 
and because then we responded to him really well, all these chants were involved in him, that surely will act as a massive uh, factor in the club's success because we have a great relationship with the players and they're going to play for us and hopefully more likely to stay. And talking of Jordan Hume, um, one question I was thinking of earlier. So when I, I was shocked when he left the field over the summer because I knew that he was so important for you. And, you know, going on from before, that this is why I'm kind of quite surprised that you're doing so well this season. Mm. But when Jordan Hume left, you know, I mean, I, I know that when Scott Duxbury left the files, uh, quite a few of our fans were, were angry, uh, rightly or wrongly so. But how did your fan, fan base feel when Hume left? I mean, I remember at the time, so I was, I think, because I work as a part-time uh, bartender as well, so I was just doing table service and an ulti fan there just stopped me and he went, Jordan Hume's left. And I couldn't believe it. You know, it was one of those moments that, right on the end of, I think it was the, the transfer deadline or the usual one um, that he'd just gone. I thought, you know, I was gutted because he was such an important part of the team, as we were saying, loved by the fans and one of our better players. So I did fear about the the rest of the season. I thought this this could go badly. This was the day before our first game of the season. And a lot of fans were putting on Twitter saying that they couldn't believe it. You know, that, you know, he said that how much he loved the club and he's just left us just for money. He's a mercenary. And I thought... I looked at it first and, you know, you're going to be gutted because any one of your better players leaving, you're going to be heartbroken because you think they love the club. But the, the reason you've got to, you've got to think sometimes that they are only human. They don't necessarily support the club, even though they might love it. And money is a big factor in football. You, you can't, if he, if he wants to play full-time football, then I'm not, we can't stop him having it. If that is his one dream and this is, he thinks, he might think to himself, right, I'm not good enough to make it into the league but I'm good enough to play full-time at a round conference, conference North level to a very good club. AFC file come in, pay the release clause. I think personally, if I was in his shoes, you you do make that decision. It's awful to say, and it, it breaks my heart, but I've got to take myself from a more, from a subjective to an objective viewpoint. I think that was probably financially a, the best decision for him. And especially if he wants to play full-time football. So as much as I'm gutted and the other fans will be, I think for the betterment of him and even the club receives a good, what, 50, 60 grand and he's 31. I think for the two parties, that's the way it has to be. Gutting, but personally, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's Obviously, you're, um, you're semi-pro, aren't you? Is there, do you think there's any plan for you to go full-time or do you yeah. think... Um... So, yeah, there is. I mean, there is a there is a plan to go full-time. We've got the infrastructure... Now, the, we've got some new board owners, basically. So the chairman stepped down last season. We've now got a partnership come involved. And I think they're, same with Phil Parkinson, he's very keen on getting the team full-time because, I mean, you know, guys, that you're a massive club and you will struggle to get out the division. You have struggled to get out the division because there are so many full-time teams in it. There, there is a lot of money going about non-league. It might as well be called League Three. There are huge yeah. And even the teams that are smaller... You think, how have they got there? We were talking about it. Solihull, Boreham Wood, even, I mean, Dover are a pretty big team, actually. But you look at them and think, well, the reason they're here is because they've got so much money. Mm. They wouldn't and be I think who's gone up recently. It's not sustainable. Salford, Fylde, yeah. I know they didn't go up, but um, Harrogate. They're small teams, but they've got money behind them. It's yeah. like the non-league version of the championship, is what I always think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a brilliant league, but we might have a great season this season. And I think Phil Parkinson is... Possibly, he could be the best manager that I will probably see in my lifetime. Who knows? Hopefully not. Hopefully we will get to the league one day, even though I doubt it, but you never know. And you think that he might do wonders for a season or two, but you get second season syndrome, third season. And then 
when we haven't got the money, the financial arsenal as other clubs, you know, I think, are we the only non-league te- uh, part-time team? Maybe one of three. We're inevitably... There's not many at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also as well that, you know, towards the end of the season, even though Phil Parkinson's teams are very good towards the, the business end, the old cliche goes, we're going to run out of steam because we're not as fit. You know, brilliant footballers and we're a lot fitter than we were 10, 15 years ago, but we're not going to, even if we want to compete at the top, which I think Phil Parkinson and the board want to eventually move up and up and up, we're never going to be able to do it without being full-time, but it's what the club can afford. And we've seen the horror stories, haven't we, of your Northwich, your Salisbury's, um, the, the, what other teams now? They've even dropped my Russian and Diamonds. They're just going to oblivion. You can't even remember them. And I don't want to be an yeah. artifact of mystery. I want to have a sustainable club. And I, think, I mean, Berry, Berry was what, last year? Bolton, nearly the same. I mean, even, even us, we were pretty much we were pretty much on the brink a few years yeah. ago. You know, mm. spend, spend above your means, you know, you, you just crash and burn. Is that what happened then? It was just a completely financial mess? Partly, yeah. It's more in detail on that. But yeah, um, when we were in League One, uh, first season in League One, had a points deduction um, at the end of the season, just about stayed up in the end. But then you have a point deduction, you lose all your best players, you lose your manager had to go because um, you couldn't afford him. And then, yeah, then we just started free-falling, really. Yeah. We um, had four four seasons and three relegations, I think it was, and then we're in, we're in regional football part time. From Wembley onwards, like it seems to go downhill. Really, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can't say much. I mean, I, I was born in two thousand and four, so the first two games I saw, oh, we lost. Geez, yeah, we lost that six nil to four nil to Rotherham away. So, uh, you know, it's that that's I can't say much about all the financial details of the club at the time because. You know, simply, I, I wasn't aware of what was going on at the time. But what I am aware of is that my first two away games of the club around that time were conceding 12 games, uh, sorry, te- 10 goals, not as much, 10 goals away in the first two games. So, yeah, yeah it was it yeah. basically free for, you know, the way you describe it, Kieran. So, mm. um, <laughs> we're on the way up, back up now, but I mean, it, it could have gone so easily, so much worse. So, we're, we're lucky in a way. I mean, I'd like to hear from you three now and that you, you just touched upon it there is that I look at Stockport now and I feel that the only way is up for you guys. I think that you will be knocking on League Two, League One anytime soon. Do you get the same feeling or are you a bit worried that if you lose this momentum, then you're just going to be another Wrexham? No, definitely. I think in terms of the money that we've got, obviously now we've marked stop, obviously it's not about if we get there, it's when we get there. I'm not trying to sound cocky, but again, like it's the whole thing of like my cousin's a Stevenage fan and they were like obviously around the south and around where like obviously the league before you were. And um they had a guy come in, obviously had a load of money and just projects them all the way look and look at where they are in that league one, been around league two. So again it's just the whole thing of you have the money, we've got the right money to get up there. Again, I think it's just again giving Gannon the right time to get again, like she said about that nucleus again with the money and then obviously then building it up. Because I think I think in terms of the National League, that's the hardest league that it's going to be to get out. And that's what Mark Stott said in his first interview. I think in terms of going up from League Two to League One, it might be like one of the easier tasks. Obviously, you've got three automatic uh, spots instead of uh, one, really. Mm. So... Oh, League Two infuriates me. And I know 
I just I look at it and I think two down and four up. It's just so unfair. Mm. They, 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 bottle, they bottleneck it. They bottleneck it because they don't want um don't want as many non-league teams to come up. Well, I mean, we go back. To, I think for for Altrincham, I'm actually curious about this. Weren't you top of the national league for for a long time in the eighties, nineties, nineties? I believe, and you you just didn't get voted up because the uh, the league teams wanted to protect um and know that they're aristocracy almost. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a good story about this. I think in the 80s, you know, we were, we were what we were described as the Manchester United in non-league, something quite ridiculous. But it's a lovely name. And nonetheless, one I'm going to, you know, keep shouting out and always say to my mates. But what happened was, is that I think it was the first or second time we won the conference then. And it was, you know, a voting system, which I never got how that's fair at all. But again, it was to, you know, keep the league teams in. You know, your Newport counties were always right at the bottom there. Step coming bottom every single season, but not going down. And we were, you know, knocking on the door for years. And I think that we lost by one vote. And the reason we lost is because the Blackpool chairman had locked himself in the toilet. I don't know how or by accident, but he was going to vote for us to get up and he couldn't get out. I thought, you know, that is just all, that's just all stream suck. And <laughs> now, and I know we're a small town, I think we're probably about the third of the size of you guys. But if we got promoted that season, you know, how much bigger we could have potentially been. We might not have been a team because we could have been in financial ruin. I don't know, but I, and that's maybe my worry going forward is that I look on our doorstep and I think I've got United, I've got City, I've got Stockport, Wigan, Bolton, maybe a bit further. But and I think that it's going to be really difficult to build the crowds, you know, and get thousands and thousands I don't know about you guys, though, because you've always historically got thousands of people's, I don't know what your average attendance is, but what is it, four or five thousand? I think even if we were in League One, that that could be maybe, I wouldn't say a pipe dream, but we'd be very, very happy to get something like that. I think but then we've sort of got the same problem as you, because obviously we've still got United and City on our doorstep. Like the whole joke of um, United fans, fans are from London, City uh, fans from Stockport. So, yeah, so well, obviously we've got a bigger base, but expanding fans as well, we've probably got about as difficult as you have, really. I um, think in the next few seasons, as, as well, from from my stance, I, I think that with the Premier League becoming less and less of an idealistic um, uh, league to watch and support, I feel that maybe fans will start to come and watch non-league sides a bit more um because i mean really really let's be honest you know i uh, in when i was in school you know most people on um, on man city fans in stockport it is just full of man city fans and it's horrendous because still even now when, when we've got got richer owners most man city fans don't know that we've got a richer owner um, and they still the running joke is oh stockport oh yeah you're, you're shit aren't you ha hilarious and it's just, it's just depressing. I really, I, I'd love to beat West Ham on the 9th of January. That'd be nice to show them something. I'm not sure if we will, but we've, I think that people who don't go to non-league games are missing out. And there's so much opportunity in the south of Manchester for football. Mm. You know, in the north of Manchester, um, how many teams have you got in the league? You've got Bolton, you've got Rochdale, um, Wigan, you've got so many teams. How many teams in the south of Manchester have you got in the football league? I don't. How many can I name? Yeah, 
So I'm struggling there. So much opportunity for fans, you know. I don't like to see Macclesfield's downfall, but yeah, there's know. opportunity for Altrincham and for for us to mm. attract fans in the future. And if I think that if you did get to the league, I think really let let's let's be honest. What people are missing out if they don't go and watch watch you people mm. from Altrincham, people are missing out if they don't come and watch us from Stockport. Yeah, I, I think the heart breaks for you guys that you can't go and watch West Ham at home. That's got. That had a BT Sport one written all over it, 10,000 fans in. Genuine upset on the cards as well because you're a solid squad. You know, I think you'd have every chance of, you know, at least scoring or getting something or giving them a challenge, especially, you know, probably because Premier League times or Premier League teams even always put, you know, um, weakened squads out. So I think you'd have a chance. My heart does break for you guys there because, yeah, I'm gutted for you. It's the most county thing ever, honestly. We've, because we would have, you know, when I when I, when I go into Wedgley Park, you're always, I, I don't know, I mean, you've been going to games, games, haven't you? So we'll talk about that in a second. But I, I suppose every football fan will know you, you go to a big game, and especially remember, you know, two seasons ago, and you're watching to see the amount of fans kind of coming in in the, in the last few minutes before kickoff to say, oh, what's the attendance going to be? And it's it's almost quite, it's not a big moment, you know, that makes me sound a bit odd, but I, oh, I'm, really excited before the attendance is announced. But I think <laughs> it's for non-league clubs, you, you want your you want your attendances to be quite high. You want to be breaking records with attendances. Um and you know if how amazing would it have been? I, I dream of seeing uh you know a a, a game like uh, or not even a game, just an attendance uh, like County versus Man City, you know, harder scores, moments like that. Um but look hopefully if the investments um, does uh, come come to uh, success in the next few years, we'll have more more games like that. But it it is so it's the most county thing ever. Really, it's mm. it's horrendous. There'd be ten thousand fans in there. I mean, for goodness sake, the pop end would be would be packed. The railway end would be packed. Unheard of. Uh, but one day, one day it will happen. I I might have to stand outside in Hardcastle Road. I think we've got a massive problem in terms of the City and United situation, obviously, because they've been so established for so long. Again, it's a hard thing to detract because you've got... It's the whole thing of a generation then bring it on to another generation. Whereas I think, obviously, because we were trying with, obviously, like local schools to try and obviously give free tickets to promote people coming, then that's our best way of potentially, obviously, building the fan base. But, again, apart from that, I have to say it is a bit of a concern, but... Again, I think it's obviously in terms of Stockport because we want to try and expand the stadium over the next four or five years. Obviously, if we keep going up, that we might be able to allocate more people. But again, it's like the whole thing of Bournemouth. Like obviously, they were playing in the Prem and they only had 10,000, mm-hmm. which obviously it's less than the capacity at Edgley Park. So it's just a thing of, are we going to go and expand the ground unnecessarily because we've not got the fan base there? So yeah. I think that's one point. Main objectives. I, mean, I I can only remember us having in my at least well I've been following us. I don't know if you were there for it, Ben. Um, one sellout we had um, when we drew against Carlisle in oh five oh six, I believe it was, and that's in fourteen fifteen years or whatever it is of following Stockport. That's the only sellout we've ever had. That was when we were fighting for um, our safety in the um, the co- in um, from dropping into the conference. 
which obviously we did. There we are now. But that that was um, dropped in a few years later, fortunately. But yeah. But um, on speaking of um, going to games, Tom, you've been able to. What's that been like? Oh no, I've been yeah pretty fortunate with that. So I've been reporting on them since our we the National League North playoff campaign. It's been quite sad and surreal in the, in two senses that, you know, amazing that I've been able to go to these big grounds since we've been to the National League. So I'll be going to Stockport on the second, I've been to Notts County, Wrexham, you know, phenomenal grounds that are easily League One calibre. But it, it's really weird. Maybe for our playing style, it's very good because we're concentrated. We're a very in-possession team. Not one of those that we feed off the crowd a lot of the time, even though it's important for any team and it gives you the momentum. We're very much focused on the game, play the possession, play the team, and you know, not like, all right, well, we're up here, we were down there, we're quite, you know, in the middle. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's been amazing, and maybe the novelty has worn off a little bit. I don't know, but it's just, I just keep seeing these empty stadiums. I think, God, like, I just want thousands here or when you know when we play with you on boxing day the amount of conversations i've had people saying that would be a five thousand crowd that stockport bring two and a half thousand we'll have two and a half thousand here and that is when it really sinks in and even though however fortunate i've been to have you know this internship i've got and i'm very thankful and it's been an amazing experience i just look and i think i'm so looking forward to when the crowds come in i don't know about you guys you guys must be absolutely desperate to get in there Absolutely. Oh, it's horrible. Right. Yeah. I haven't missed anything more ever. Mm, it just, it'll be awesome. amazing. When the, the first game back, and the, the issue is we've been waiting for so long, though. I mean, uh, it, it's a hope that kills, you know, it's a cliche, oh, but it really time. is. You know, for but back in September, I remember queuing up outside the Chief Lens uh, for about 40 minutes to get a season ticket. And then, we, you know, we were on the phone trying to get it online because... Steward came out and said, "Are we fasting on online?" And it kept crashing. And we finally managed to get one near our usual seat, and we, you know, we're over the moon. Um, and and then all, and then all of a sudden, you know, a, a few weeks later, uh, the government come out and say we're not going to be able to let fans in on October third. That, yeah, but that, that that's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, so then we get more hope. You know, a, a few weeks ago, um, with the new tier system saying, "Oh, fans will be allowed in." Um, and obviously the watering's coming out. I remember re- reading on Twitter um, that uh, that things had been promised to um, to constituencies in in areas in the northwest that and around Great Manchester that we'd be going into tier two soon, and we never did. Um, and then County, you know, advertised season tickets a few weeks ago, so we were going to pick up season tickets, and everyone picked up the season tickets and we're thinking maybe on the 16th of December we'll go and see a two because the cases are dropping and yet again we didn't so oh it really it's it's so so it just tedious it waiting and waiting but hopefully 2021 will be the, I, I really hope I hope it will be that 2021 will be the year fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah I hope so guys because I think for a lot of teams that they depend on the support. They depend on the gate money, and it's you know it's going to hit a lot of clubs very hardly. So hopefully, we, yeah, we can see fans come in and just I just want to see the atmosphere, especially that's why we, that's why I wanted to get up to the national league because I wanted to see the big crowds. Oh, yeah. You've got so many big teams in the league, haven't you? Hmm. Imagine, yeah, you as well. If you obviously 
if you're following home and away every week. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you think, oh, obviously on a Friday or a Saturday morning you need to travel down and you obviously just staying at home. Obviously, yeah, you watch it on the stream, you try to support, but again, it's not the same thing. It's not having a pint with your mates before and join obviously going into the pub afterwards you either like you either absolutely elated or you're gutted so all with fans like yourselves being with them person having a beer with them and that's what makes non-league football is yeah. that you know you know the players you know the team it feels a lot more real when you win and lose and you meet great people like yourselves who support real football yeah, yeah so I think that's um Unless anything else has anyone to add, I think that's everything, really. I'd say, like, the last thing, again, is just obviously, like, how were you seeing, um, obviously, on the second? What do you think? Um, do you think, again, you might be able to sneak a point at ours or do you think we might be able to come through? I mean, I feel that away and home form is more or less gone out the window because it's not really that the crowd's there, yeah. so I don't think it affects it as much. But... We always struggle at your place. Uh, I've always forgotten your crowd for some reason. Um, what is your crowd's name, actually? Edgley Park. Edgley Park, that's it. I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> you just want to get rid of it. and All those terrible times have been there. But no, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll struggle. I think that I'd be, inc- I'd be joyous with a point, but I think you could win pretty comfortably. And unfortunately, you'll turn your form around against us. I think we've got Rooney back, obviously, for that for that game because he got him, obviously, suspended for indecent language against Hartlepool, which put him out for two instead of three games. But I think mm. he's been like, quite a main figure in our team, obviously, centre-mid, spraying it about. So, again, I think that might be a massive advantage to us. And obviously, we've got the home advantage. Of, we obviously know how to play on that pitch. So, if we how then get... How games is it? Two or three? Just... Uh, I think it's two for in um, for um, indecent language, and two? then Palmer will be but back for Eastley. I because I remember as I thought as Palmer was three, and Rooney was two. I, so no, sorry, I thought it was the other way. Hang on, I'm not uh, sure which, but no, no either it is. of them yeah, back no, is right, going to so help, isn't it? Checking. So that that'd be good if that, and he'll be willing to prove a point for certain. Um, you know, however meaningful his tweets, tweets is from the day, I'm sure it is. You know, I'm sure that he he'll want to come back um, and play against against you, unfortunately, and hopefully prove a few points. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're talking about it. It sounds like uh, you know your manager is rated very highly amongst the players and res- and respected amongst the support. So I, I doubt that you know he's it, definitely not. It, it won't be any more than. Uh, a, th- a three goal difference and it won't it won't be anything more than that at all in fact I, I think it'll be a close game I'd go for maybe two on us maybe even you might be able to get a draw because I, I would take any win I'd take yeah, any win and any one nil 90th minute I'll take that 100% any day don't do that to us do not do that to us <laughs> okay we'll have a third, one nil first minute winner then that's, that's, that's better that's better that's better then yeah no yeah I'd, um, I'd take a point but uh, yeah. yeah whatever happens on the 2nd of January guys best of luck for the season because yeah. you're a great club and I hope you're up there yeah best Cheers, of luck to you, you as well. um, and, uh, hopefully hopefully you can um, follow us up in a couple of years when we're yeah. playing high in league one I hope so mate as long as we're in the conference that's all that matters to me yeah, yeah um, hopefully so, soon for us it'll be a big big game it'll be a big game for you in the FA Cup we'll be you know in the Premier League but we'll be like the West Ham and your girl gets it. Oh, stop, Paul County. Huge. Ready Probably for big happen, but, you know, we can dream. 
So um, well, thanks, got... thanks for um, thanks for being here. Yeah, sorry, no. sorry, Frank, I didn't mean to. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, sorry, you're. I think you're the host, aren't you? Uh, uh, who knows? Um, yeah, thanks for um, <laughs> coming on, Tom. Um, we'll leave all like your um, links and such in the description. Um, but just for like Spotify listeners and stuff like that, where can we find you? Uh, so you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts to listen to each episode we produce or if you want to follow us on social media you can follow us on facebook instagram on twitter at non-league lounge all right thank you very much cheers for coming on thank you guys um, thank you we'll see we'll um see you all next time for the next episode cheers thanks a lot you guys Bye. bye